All right, everyone. Welcome to uh, part two of our love story between me and my wife, Lisa. Uh, the, I think the last podcast, if you didn't hear it, it's our love story friendship. That's the uh, that's the that's the part one. This one's going to be our love story, our dating life. Um, this is going to be from when uh, she, she decided to uh, say yes and give me a chance of being her boyfriend. Uh, up to our proposal. We're going to enter our, our proposal. So you can kind of hear uh, kind of just our story in this area. Just like any dating relationships, it's full of ups and downs and um, some great memories and some challenges and some areas for growth. And uh, I think it's, it's here where we really uh, start laying the foundation of understanding what it means that uh, love takes work. It is here where the foundations were starting to be laid for the concept about love takes work, as well as understanding that before you can find the right person, you have to uh, be the right person, and it, and that also takes work. So I hope what you're getting through all these pro, uh, uh, podcasts from Heart and Mind is just the encouragement and the coaching of it takes a conscious effort to make relationships last. And so here's our love story here. Um, as we left off, I gave her a yellow lily, letting her know that I am actively pursuing her. And within a couple of weeks, we had that DTR where we determined the relationship. And I believe our first kiss was actually shared at your home. It was. I? We ended up, I remember going to a movie. Um, and then we went, came back to the house if I remember correctly. Do you remember? Is that what it was? Yeah, we so. did. Yeah, we came back to We your came house. back to the house just to kind of, I think we decided to watch another movie. Yeah, you and you and I, that's one thing we had in common. We loved our cinemas. Yes, yeah. we did. I mean, that's where it kind of first started, if you think back on when we actually started hanging out. We watched a movie and then went for a walk. So it kind of, yeah, I guess that was kind of the foundation for us was watching movies together. And that's something we still do even today, if you think yeah. about it. It's oh, yeah. kind of something we do together. Starts with a movie and kind of ends up with kissing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much what it was. So I think that we um, we ended up going to a movie and then we came back. And I don't think – I think we just kind of held hands at the movie theater. And then we went back. And I remember, like, for some reason I went and got changed to, like, to be comfy. And I came back in and I kind of just sat – now, this wasn't side. no. This wasn't no negligee getting comfy. No, no, this no. Was, that's this not was what your I meant. Classic female. Let's throw on some sweats and a nice big shirt. Yeah, if anyone Which, knows me, knows that's what I meant. <laughs> Is more of just like yeah, I got into some jammy pants that were like sweats and you know a shirt. It wasn't anything risque or anything like that. You still look pretty hot in it. Thanks, but I don't think I was trying to be necessarily you know yeah yeah yeah, it wasn't like that that. um and so i remember thinking okay i'm just gonna you know we're just kind of hanging out whatever and i sat kind of near the end of the couch and he was sitting on the other end of the couch and he just kind of i remember him looking at me and he goes come here and he came over and like put his arm around me i remember that specifically i pulled you over yeah you did and I was, that was kind of like, oh, okay. Because I think we were still just kind of feeling it out of like, okay, we're dating, but 
are we exclusive? Are we not? I don't know if we ever really discussed that. And, and to be perfectly honest, for the first time, I was trying to be very careful with how physical I was. Because like I said, <laughs> I would wear my heart on my sleeve. I would be like, hey, this girl smiled at me. You want to get married? Well, I wasn't completely like Ross from Friends, but <laughs> I probably in my mind, I kind of was. So, um, you know, I would jump in too quickly. And yes. that usually would freak the girl out. So I was trying to take things slow, but it was about, it, it was the right time to, it was probably past due to say, Hey, you know, if you're my girlfriend, I probably shouldn't be affectionate. With right. You. And I know for me, I was just trying to take it slow as well. Um, cause we hadn't really done anything. And so I just kind of was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to kind of see where this goes and I'm just going to, you know sit down we're gonna watch a movie and that's it so he pulled me over i remember him pulling me over and we just kind of cuddled for a while and then somehow i think we got tired and you started kind of and we just were kind of cuddling um you were laying down on the couch and i was laying down and then i remember i flipped over and this is where i actually was giving him like when we were talking about signals before in the first podcast I didn't really feel like I was giving him signals except for maybe at the movie theater, like, hey, you can hold my hand if you want, but he was messing with me. This time I was like, okay, dude, like, if we're gonna, you know, date, then... Her, her nose was literally an inch away from mine. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to, like, say, like, hey, it's okay if you kiss me. You know, I didn't say that, but that's just kind of where I was at. And I remember him going, you know, like, are you okay? Or, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, nothing, just laying here, you know, kind of thing. And, um... It took you a while, I remember. It took you a, quite a while. We were watching the movie or whatever, trying to watch the movie. And then um, I remember you just kind of chuckling and then you ended up kissing me. Yeah, because I, I was debating with myself. I'm just like, I think I was also being, I was kind of scared because I'm like, okay, normally this is where everything goes bad. <laughs> yeah. We kiss, we have a great night. And then, th and then it's the, you know, kissing you was a mistake. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm a great kisser, but that's usually, that was kind of the pattern up to this point. And so I, and I think at some point my coaching brain was just saying, stop being a wuss. She is literally giving you every green light possible yeah. and kiss the woman. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know why I keep going back to Disney, but I felt like I needed <laughs> Sebastian, you know, sitting there going, kiss the girl. You know? Yeah. Had um, that song in your head. <laughs> oh yeah. I think that's, I think that's why I was chuckling. Oh, were you? I think that's what it what, what popped into my head. Um, on that. And, uh, so we kissed and, you know, and for those of you guys who think we're being coy, you know, um, you know, that'll be a different podcast for a different day, but no, all we did was kiss and, you know, uh, eventually, you know, I, I went home. I think actually, if I remember correctly, we actually had a DTR after that. Yeah, you're right. We did. We sat there and we actually said, okay, so are we actually together? Or what's going on? Yeah, we made it fully, fully official. Yes, and I considered that our beginning of our dating. Um, and I guess that was our anniversary. I still remember it was August fourth. Yeah. Um, and which really sucks because fifteen years later, Mary, she's like, "Happy anniversary!" I'm like, "It's not May," you know. Right. But she still considers it. There's a lot of girls out there that still consider their dating anniversary. That's just because you want more presents. No, it's not. Do have you ever gotten me a present <laughs> for our dating anniversary? That's true. I have. Ever? I probably should. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I mean, your brother does, so. <laughs> eh, well, he's more of a hopeless romantic, you know. 
He's Don Juan. But anyways, mm. I probably should take a page out of his book. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, you know, so we started dating. And I would say probably for the first eight months, it was really good. Yeah. It was, re- it was really good. It was – there was n- – no fights, no misunderstandings, really. Um, if there was stuff brewing, we didn't bring it to the surface. Mm-hmm. But during, you know, during our dating life, well, you know, what I, were the most memorable dates? Um, you know, <laughs> you're asking me to remember almost 20 years ago. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I know one time we went to, we ended up going to a drive-in when they were actually still around. Um, and that was a really good date. We had a really good time that time. Um I'm trying to think. What about you? Are, can you think of any? I, I remember you when you made food for me for the oh first gosh, time. Oh my gosh, that was a horrible it, Well, it, it was actually pretty memorable. You see, okay, so, you know, if you guys air, you know, when we actually air the Family Dynamics podcast, you'll understand, this will make a little bit more sense, but um, she wasn't a cook. During our daily life, she did not know, how, her cooking was... You know, going up to a drive-in and ordering food. This was her cooking. Um, you know, even warming stuff up, I think, was a challenge for her sometimes. <laughs> Rude. You know. Um, but she said that she had this – the one recipe she knew how to make was this, like this chicken and vegetable, like, cacciatore type thing. It was like – it was like in like a stew type thing, it, you know. It was, it was one of my favorite meals that my mom used to make for me. Um, and I – whether I said I knew how to make it or not, I actually asked my mom and got her the recipe, but I wasn't good enough in cooking to really know what I was supposed to do with it. And so, yeah, that. But she was really excited. She was really <laughs> excited about making this for me and me liking to eat. I was really excited about it too, because most times, even if we were making food, it was me who was doing the cooking, which I was happy to do it. I like to cook. But um, so I remember she actually, you know, um, got her roommates out of the house and set the table and um, she worked on the food all afternoon. And, you know, so I was really like, this is really cool. This is really sweet, you know, uh, um, making this dinner for this little date dinner. And she brings out this kind of like this, you know, it looked like a fancy pot. You know, it was like that you would serve stuff in and she sets it down and she lifts the lid and you can smell the burnt broccoli. Bro- it was burnt broccoli. <laughs> yeah, which is never I a mean, good you, smell. It was mixed in with like you could Ugh. tell that it was supposed to be something good because you can was bad. pull the hint, but it was awful. Now, growing up in the household I have, you just ate what was in front of you. So it didn't affect me that much, but I was like, oh, God, this is the best she can do at cooking. We're going to we're going to need a. We're going to need to remedy this down the road. But I was just happy that she made me food. So we ate he it. Was, and he was very sweet and he did eat it. And I kept going, you don't have to eat this. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. It's good. It's good. And I'm like, I, no, I, it's burnt. I was like, no, I like smoked food. And, <laughs> you know, even when yeah. it was unintentionally smoked. It, you know, so I remember that for whatever reason, that was kind of our most memorable day. And it was memorable because, you know, she put work into it. And mm-hmm. she, you know, she was excited about it. And, uh, you know, and the fact that she was so disappointed that it didn't come out the way that she wanted to, um, I don't know, for me, it just made it felt like, she, you know, she valued me enough where she wanted to give me something good. And that was enough for me. That mm-hmm. was enough for me to say this was, you know, this was a memorable date. This was a cool date. So, um, you know, that was mine. So that was my most memorable date. I think for her, 
you know, like she said, you know, we would always go to the movies. So I think, I think you're right. The first time I took you to a drive-in, mm-hmm. you know, I got like special food and. Yeah. I think you like pick something up. And chairs and, you know, we. We, we sat in the car, I think, mm-hmm. because at that point it wasn't just a radio station. We actually had to hang the, um, oh, you was, remember that? Yes, we had to hang the speaker on the, on the window. And so we just, we had to sit in the car be, to be able to hear the movie. Like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably only 30% of you just got that reference. <laughs> um, so I do remember that. That was a really fun date. I really yeah. enjoyed that one. But that was mostly our dating life. Our dating life was a lot of movies, a lot of going out to eat, a lot of sometimes uh, work out. work workouts, you know. And or go just, play racquetball. Yeah, we would play. I introduced her to sports. racquetball. That was fun. Um, pulling each other, getting each other to do things. I think there was even a few dances she took me to. I pulled her into getting to uh, play sports and she pulled me onto the dance floor. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we influenced each other in, in that respect, but there was, there were some challenges that popped up here and um, there were some challenges in our dating and it, and a lot of it for both of us had to do with how we were raised, our life experiences up to that point, And honestly, our immaturity, but mm-hmm. You know, uh, babe, what would you say was one of the biggest challenges in our dating? Um, I think for me, as far as like an expectation, when I'm thinking back on it, again, it's almost been 20 years, so I'm trying to remember. Um, but I think for me, I was expecting in a relationship, I think I had a, it was almost like a subconscious expectation of we're going to do everything together. Um, and that was my immaturity of you know, not wanting to miss out on anything. And I still struggle with that at times. Um, but I definitely have grown in that area. Um, being that I've become a mom and (laughs) had to miss out on things, but I was expecting that we would do everything together, whether it be with other people or not. Um, and that definitely posed some challenges for us in the fact that you had a childhood Mm -hmm. friend that was, had kind of, you kind of considered a sister. Um, that was a hard thing for me because sometimes you'd want to do things without me or I couldn't be there or whatever. And I, I would get really upset. Um, again, not something that I should have expected, but something that I did expect at the time because of just trying to navigate relationships. Cause I really hadn't had many relationships. Yeah. Like if me point. and her were going to go play racquetball, but it was during <laughs> a time where you had to be at work, right. there was almost this, sense that I wasn't allowed to go, even though we always did that even before you and I even met, you know? Right. Um, it was kind of like, it, it was some of those things, but I would say too, just even with connected that it was an issue of trust for me. I didn't trust many people. I was, even though I was, you know, not to brag, charming and sensitive and like wanting to know about, you know, what's going on in your life. I didn't divulge what was going on with me. And that circle stayed very small. And because of past relationships, I wasn't so willing mm-hmm. or quick to pull you into that circle. And I and I think I sensed that because yeah. I would see like, especially I know like it's kind of coming back to me. You would tell her things before you told me. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm your girlfriend. That's something that you should be telling me. First. At first. least first. Yeah. Because if I'm going to be in a serious, for me, expectation, again, if I'm going to be in a serious relationship, you know, dating expectation, then that 
needs to be there. Like I, for me, it was, I need to be the best friend. And I didn't feel like I was at the time. And I'll be honest, you weren't. Uh Because even my own philosophy, here's where, you know, I think people are going to start throwing stuff at the wall. I don't go (laughs) with this whole, you know, you know, oh, I married my best friend. To me, that never made sense to me. Because I'm like, well, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, A wife is actually above a best friend. You know, that's just Myers. And, you know, that might be a podcast where me and her fight about this later. But it that was always my my thinking. I know it's very romantic to say, oh, I married my best friend. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and for me, I, I, I guess saying uh, influence of movies and TV shows, because um, I would watch a lot of those, it, I guess, kind of became an expectation of, oh, I want to marry my best friend or, oh, I want to, you know, I should be together with my best friend. That's kind of where I was at with it. And so to kind of sense that I wasn't and that you would tell her and your family things before me was really, I think, upsetting for me. And that's when I think it's we started to have issues. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it was really a trust issue because when mm-hmm. I did do that before with uh, a major relationship before you, it blew up in my face. So I was kind of scarred with that. So my brothers and my sister who, you know, I, you know, I consider this person, my sister, um, in a weird way, they've earned the trust. Mm -hmm. And so I was more inclined and I was already doing it before. So trying to make that transition, right. And it wasn't out of maliciousness or even out of like, well, screw Lisa, I'm gonna go tell her first. It was more of, that was something I already naturally did. I told my, you know. In essence, your siblings, my siblings first. Yeah, I mean, and she. But that doesn't mean you didn't have a point. You, you, you right. looking back on it. Yeah, if you were supposed to be this girlfriend or this person who was supposed to start becoming my inner circle, then I should go to you first. And I wasn't, and and that was um, that was an immaturity on my part. Um, and it wasn't like, and you know, there was times when you know, uh, you know, she would honestly be saying telling me she goes did you tell lisa this yet and i was be wondering like, if she encouraged i'd be like that. no she goes maybe you should you know mm-hmm. so you know that was kind of the case there but i was i was too scarred by other relationships and it was that was probably the one of the biggest challenges and it in our immaturity i don't think we handled it well because i know there's sometimes no. you know uh i think all three of us would go at it yeah but you know you know the story ends up good i mean she's still a dear friend to the family and she is you know my you know if we die i'll probably end up sending my kids to her um i mean she's still a very dear friend to me she's a dear friend to lisa um but when we are in our early to mid 20s and we're still trying to figure out family dynamics friendship dynamics and dating dynamics these were the challenges that popped up and it started getting annoying because for me i was getting annoying annoyed that I felt like I had to sit at home and not do anything unless you could be there too. Right. And that obviously wasn't right of me to do, but in my immaturity of he doesn't trust me, so I don't trust him, um, that's more subconscious Mm -hmm. thinking back on it from a different perspective 20 years later, you know, um, that really became an issue for me um, mm-hmm. to the point where I didn't want him to really do anything without me because I was, I was afraid he was going to tell them things that I missed out on, you know, and, you know, coming from it 20 years later, you know, I remember you just, we just saw her just a bit ago 
it didn't bother me when you went off and talked to her. It, mm-hmm. It's interesting how that growth happened. You know, it's yeah. more because I, I think it's because I trusted that he's going to tell me once he gets done. And you did, you know, whereas back then you didn't, a lot of times you would have conversations with her and you wouldn't share those with me. Yeah. And that happened two ways. One, I'm a guy. So once I had the right. conversation, it was, you know, click, click, deleted, you know, I, you know, I was already done or I didn't think it was a big deal because I didn't understand how, how women thought. Mm-hmm. I still don't fully understand how women thought, but I think I've learned the hard way. Um, but yeah, that was, that was some setups and it was the fact that I wasn't, even though, you know, uh, uh, our friend is, uh, kind of, you know, mixed in with this point in our dating. Um, I was doing that with a lot of things I was doing with everything, I, you know, as yeah. much as I was the listener, I wasn't the talker and I would keep you out of certain things for various reasons. Well, even with your family, mm-hmm. a lot of times you wouldn't really share. She, again, she knew more yeah. than I did because she understood more of your dynamics than I ever did. Yeah. And so even with your family, I kind of got left out of that and I noticed that and I sensed that. Which is interesting for those of you guys who are listening, if you are in a relationship right now and you are wondering why your significant other is having issues with your family, this might be it because one, A, it's natural. You got to remember when you've grown up with people, siblings, friends, whatever, you're already conditioned to trust them. They have already have done the work. And if you are in a dating relationship, you may only have one to two years. That's not that. If that. And that's not always enough to naturally build that relationship. It takes actually a conscious effort. So, you know, this is where, um, in our immaturity, because we weren't also allowing too many people speak into our lives um, that, you know, been there and done that, things started coming to a, a, a head and we started fighting more. Little things were starting to get to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the, you know, good qualities were getting overshadowed by bad qualities. Um, you know, I'm going to stir the pot right now. Uh, my wife, I always just felt that she was just scared and weak on everything when it came to her comfort if her comfort wasn't met oh my god it would drive me nuts you know what she would complain about at first it was cute and then it got annoying and um when we were having these trust issues all of a sudden what i used to thought was cute started to become annoying and what was annoying also started becoming major problems and vice versa i mean i don't know what what were some of the things i was doing that was just pissing you off you know. Well, honestly, the biggest one was you just not talking to me, not trusting me, um, was honestly the biggest one I can think of. Um, but even that, like just kind of discounting what I was upset about yeah. also was kind of because the whole dynamic of you thinking that I was weak. A lot of it is my family dynamics. You know, my, my grandmother and my mom were worry warts and worried all the time. So Sometimes when you're getting um, raised with that, you know, you it, it you can't help but have some of that influence in there. And mm-hmm. so it caused me to not be as strong as I probably could have been because of that reason. And in my family dynamics, we eat the weak. We don't look right. Fav- we don't have grace for the weak. Now, I know if some of my family members heard that, they'd be like, yeah, we do. I'm like... Even when we showed grace, we did it because they're too weak to be able to handle it themselves. At least that's how I felt, or at no, least that's kind of right. since I was raised. So, you know, learning to 
learning to have grace for other people's strengths and weaknesses was definitely not fully built then. And all of this came to a head. And hilariously enough, looking back on it, we actually had our own little Ross, uh, Ross and Rachel moment. Uh, not too the same as the... Uh, same as the show in terms of the plot line, but the same misunderstanding that we still laugh about today. See, we ended up getting to a point where we had to talk to the same look. We're just fighting all the time. We're just not getting along. Um, and I said, maybe we should be on a break. And see, I really thought that he said, we're going to break up. And I even remember, <laughs> at least in my head, Remember reiterating, okay, we're breaking up, right? Like, yeah. this is a breakup. And I was Rachel in this whole situation. <laughs> she was Ross. Although I did not cheat on you at all. You didn't, but you did date a few other people in between that time. Because I thought we were broken up. We were on a break. <laughs> we broke up. <laughs> I wasn't dating anyone. How was I to know that when you said we're going to break up? I said we should take a break. No, you didn't. Yes, we did. See, we're still fighting about mm -hmm. it. That's why looking back and I'm like, oh my God, it's the exact, maybe it is the same plot line just without, like you said, her sleeping with someone, the copy boy, you know, the copy boy. Um, but during that, during that month, um, we just, we weren't talking very much. Now we would still see each other cause we had mutual friends. And for that month, um, you know, I just remember just trying to process this through thinking, you know, maybe she isn't the one for me. And I remember starting to going down that road. And then things came to a head on one of our other friends' uh, birthdays. Right. And just so people know, just so the listeners know, I had another situation where another guy kind of tried to swoop in and tell me that he cared for me and that he thinks I deserve better. Oh, that we'll, was oh, we'll go on a tangent here. After. Yeah, this dude was a piano player, and Lisa would do worship music at, with this other band. And I I had no clue that the band was literally conspiring against me on this. It came out later. And as soon as we were on a break or broken up, did Turkey came flying on in. Yep. Took me to coffee. And I remember I went to coffee with him to talk to him because I wasn't really sure what he was wanting to talk to me about and gave me this letter and everything else. Um, and this was when we were break broke up whatever and then i came back and jay was there and saw me come in yeah and after you, that yeah you were in one of your date outfits so i was like what's going on yeah, and I yeah it was that it was that gene kind of like i call it a onesie but i know other people are gonna be like that's not a onesie but it was like short with the top uh-huh yeah showed your nice legs i was just like where were you and i realized i was i got jealous Right. And I, in my head, was, we're broken up, so it shouldn't matter to you. Kind of the same thing Ross and Rachel did, so. <laughs> and then about a week later, we were at a friend's birthday party, which was at a local kind of it was a, country it was a, club. It was a club, yeah. It was a club. And um, I remember you were there. We were pretty civil. And then I saw you and her basically dancing with this guy. You. Me and my roommate dancing with the guy, and the guy was in the <laughs> in the middle of us. And my friend was like, you "Yeah, let's dance!" And I'm like, "Uh, okay." And so, yeah, that yeah, yeah, happened. you made an Oreo. <laughs> and I remember I came into the door and I looked, and fury just came to me. Now this guy was he, he, 
two pretty girls just wanted to dance with him and he's like yeah um she tells me this is how people dance now again i'm from a small town we didn't have clubs and even our school dances we didn't dance this way and back then i would go clubbing all the time so wasn't a big deal to me yeah I guess. it was like this is how people dance and right. i'm like they make oreos okay got it <laughs> now it wasn't that bad i mean whatever you have in your mind it probably was a little bit more innocent than that but i just remember getting upset and i had a friend who saw my face grabbed me and pulled me outside and i was like what's go he goes i'm like dude why are you pulling me outside he goes because it looks like you're about to get yourself arrested so <laughs> he started we started walking and he started telling me he goes dude why are you so upset i thought you guys are on a break or you guys are about to break up and 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 i said i don't know i just saw it and i just saw red and he go and you know which is he said something really smart which normally he's not really the greatest at relationships even <laughs> to this day but at the time he had a gem and he said he goes if you're this upset then that means you probably still really love her and you need to figure out how to make this work and i remember i remember that just thinking that that was that was kind of a realization for me that that some of these things I've been doing, it wasn't that I didn't love you. I did love you. Mm -hmm. But because I was looking for the feeling or the easy road, you know, I got tripped up. And I realized, I'm like, well, if this, if we're going to get married, I'm going to have to make this work. Mm -hmm. And and it was interesting because, you know, you know, for those of you guys who are listening, you know, I am a man of faith. And so, you know, I remember praying and just saying, okay, I'm going to need help with this because I'm not sure where to start. And well, it, it's to me, it seems like the the Lord just started making some circumstances that allowed me to really work at this and created some situations that forced me to work at this. And I, I will say also, I was also coming from my perspective of, is this the guy for me? Is this the guy that I want to marry? And I was reading a book um, at the time and just really seeking out like what, what does God want for me um, in this relationship? Should I, you know, be with him? Should I not? And um, really trying to figure that out, even talking to friends and getting advice from them and praying. And um, I think through the circumstances that just happened, it kind of, God kind of showed me that, yes, this is the one for you. Um, and so it just kind of, kind of solidified that for me, I think, once we started talking again. Now, for those of you guys who are listening and who are not believers or anything like that, don't let your mind start and your own biases start shutting you off to some of the principles that we are talking about here, because truth is truth. Now, I'm not one of those that truth is relative and, you know, email me and that might be a different podcast for a different time. But what I'm hoping you're taking away from this is, is sometimes you got to be in a certain situation to actually put the work in to make a relationship work. And, you know, and when things happen, you know, you might give it to the universe or you might just say it was karma or whatever like that. Even though I don't believe in that, the principle is still the same of sometimes you got to be in a certain situation to make something work. And so what happened was and what we truly believe is, you know, um, you know, my sister who is, you know, very dear to me, uh, her grandma was going through some hard time in Pennsylvania. So she actually had to go, she had to go and deal with that. Um, which forced me to, really start relying on Lisa, which was a good thing because um, I couldn't call her first because 
she would either be asleep, she was on the other side of the country, or she was at work, or whatever that situation was. And so I would be calling Lisa first, and I would be starting to develop that trust. And then it became natural when I really became conscious of it, of saying, well, if this, if we're if we're getting back together, uh, which, you know, I think it was about a week after that. Do that you remember? Did. You called me over to your apartment, yep. you made me dinner, we talked through yeah. it a little bit, and how mad you were about me dancing with yep. another guy. Oh, that's right. We did. We talked mm-hmm. through that, and that's when I knew I needed to put in the work. And I and I think you had even mentioned, like, yeah, well, my sister's leaving, and so that kind of made me feel like, well, maybe he will start to. Because I think I even brought that out to you, you. like, you don't, up. you don't depend on me, you don't trust me. I can tell you don't trust me in the even the little things. You know, you would tell your sister and your family first before you ever told me, and so we both kind of agreed that we'd both work on our issues. Basically. I would be more trusting and start telling you first. And then I think you would start trusting me that when I say this is the situation, that's the situation. Right. And, and even the fact of, we don't have to be together 24 seven, you know, that, you know, you can go out with your friends and I can go out with my friends and it's okay. You know, you don't have to be, um, that you, even though, it stinks sometimes to miss out on things that it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. From that point on, things got better between us. Mm-hmm. And now we still had our misunderstandings and our tips as any dating couple does, you right. know. Um, but we actually started growing closer and closer together. And it was about that time that I actually was graduating from um, ASU West with my, uh, with my bachelor's. And I remember that both you and my mom wanted to do a... Um, graduation party. Graduation party. I didn't want a graduation party. You see, my last name is at the end of the battle of, <laughs> at the alphabet, and this is like 400 people, and I'm like, I don't want to walk across the stage. This is stupid. It was really long. It was long. It was long. <laughs> um, luckily, by then, cell phones were starting to have games on it, so I was able to play mm-hmm. poker the entire time. But I was stubborn. I was like, I am not going to do this. Because, you see, one of the things I think, ladies, I think you need to understand, I'm going to give you a little insight here. You know, when women are looking for someone who they want to marry, they're actually asking themselves a question, is this the right guy? And if they believe this is the right guy, they're ready to get married. Right. You know, regardless of their situation, they're like, if when they truly believe this is the right guy, they're, they're ready to get married. Or at least commit, you know. Guys, we're always looking at, is it the right time? And so if you're in a relationship right now and you're just like, why hasn't this guy pulled the trigger? Ask yourself, is he thinking that it's not the right time? Now, guys, I will tell you, sometimes just because it's not the right time doesn't mean it's not the right girl. And you might need to roll the dice anyways for various reasons. But that could be another podcast for another day. For me, it was the right time. I was graduating. I was about to move into my career. This is the girl that I want to marry. And so me being stubborn saying, I don't want a graduation party I'm, I'm going to turn around and make it into an engagement party. So as she's going around planning my engagement uh, and planning the graduation party, um, I am going behind her and getting key people and saying, no, it's going to be an engagement party. So, of course, everyone was excited. Everyone was excited to be a part of it. And uh, it was funny because she was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, there's so, so many people are going to be coming to your, you know, are coming down out of town to your uh, graduation. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's just because I'm, you know. 
not, not many of us have graduated college, which was a lie. We actually have a lot of smart people in my family, <laughs> but, um, I had to figure out something. Um, so as she was making a, you know, happy graduation banner, I was making a happy, you know, you know, congratulations proposal path, you know, to put underneath the sign. So she would set up, she set up the party at the place and I went back behind her and hid in all the other stuff. Right. Um, it was actually at the church that we had. Yeah. And um, I remember after the graduation, we all showed up. My uncle, who was an amazing cook, you know, made all sorts of tamales and, all, and catered the whole thing. And he was in on it. And uh, I remember that um, everyone's going like, speech, speech. So I get up and I start thanking everyone. I start thanking my mom. I thanked my dad. I thanked my brothers for helping me through college. I thanked my uh, student teacher who was there. I thanked my sister who was, you know, there. And then I go, well, thank you, everyone. Well, there's plenty of food. Enjoy yourself. And I sit down. Now, that was all planned. You know, Lisa, why don't you take the story from this point? I was thinking, okay, all right, maybe he just forgot. Maybe he was nervous. Um, but I had edited pretty much all his papers for college by the time from when we were dating. Yeah, she's the reason on. why I had even great, even decent grades. And I had supported him in a lot of things. And so I was, I was a little, I was a little perturbed. Um, but I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, um, if I remember correctly, he, fi- he got up again and he goes, Oh wait, I forgot one more person. And then he, was it, did you just, did you call out gentlemen? I'm I trying to remember. Gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen. And all of a sudden they like, there was like a, a scurry of activity and my brother, my little brother came up and like said, come here. And I was like, what? And he's like, come here. And then I had, we had all our youth kids there. So they were all like screaming and, and crying. Because at and this point, people kind of started putting out. two to two together. And then he, he got up and he proposed and I said yes. And I remember him swinging me around and everybody cheering and getting all excited. You left out a part. What did I forget? About the flower. Oh, that's right. Um, sorry, I forgot about that part. He... My brother brought me up, and all of a sudden, I think my other brother, or maybe your brother, um, brought out red roses. And that's when I knew, okay, he's going to propose. Because that was what he told me in the beginning, that, hey, you know, I'm not going to give you red roses until I propose to you. So, you hear that? Before there was The Bachelor, there was me. <laughs> they took that, they took that uh, idea from me. Okay, I can't back that up. <laughs> um, and so we got engaged, and I was super excited. Um, and I obviously surprised because I thought it was a graduation party and not an engagement party. And, of course, in his stubborn way, he changed it on us. So <laughs> did your mom know about it? Uh, she was let in a week before. Oh, okay. Was she all excited? Oh, yes. Okay. You know, she, she, that's why, uh, you know, she was the one that was putting together the little gifts and stuff like that. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. It turned into an engagement party and it was, I remember that, I remember there was a point where I realized it was the right time and this was the right girl and I wanted to give her something special and, you know, of course me being stubborn, I, I you know, I didn't want a graduation party. I wanted an engagement party because I felt that that was the new chapter of my life was starting this new stage of my life with the woman I loved. And at this point, it was the right move. It's still the right move. 
do you remember, did you, because I think we were leading up to the engagement and we started like reenacting dates. Do you remember that? We started talking about, yeah, we're going to get married at some point, but we didn't. I I was further in the planning than you were. Right. Because I remember you like taking me to islands again. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. So folks, I forgot about this. I started screwing with her again. I started oh, taking her to dates that would have been possibly where you would yeah you would get married again and i wouldn't do anything that's right it was like i we reenacted our first date you're right and then i like i think i took you on a picnic on top of a mountain mm-hmm. and we didn't do it so you know that you know of course screwing with me again yes mm. i think there was many times <laughs> um but then it ended up being his um graduation party that he turned into an engagement party so um, it was really fun just because of the fact that we were able to do it in front of our friends and family and youth group because he's because uh, um, he works with youth. It was a big part of that. And our kids had really gotten to know us. A lot of them um, at times would call us mom and dad because we were with them probably more than even their parents were at the time. Um, and so it was really fun for them to be able to see that, too. Um, so that was, that was a fun, I'm, I'm glad that he did it that way just so that our youth kids could be there too. Cause that was a big part of our lives at the time. So that is our love story from dating to proposal. Our last and final installment of our love story is going to be from basically the proposal to our engagement. Nope. Proposal to our wedding. Oops. Sorry. Proposal to our wedding. Yep. Yeah, see, thank you. See, she's still covering me. <laughs> our proposal to our wedding. And I hope you guys are pulling out of this is that, you know, love does take work and it, it really takes you to analyze yourself. The reason why we were having problems in our relationship wasn't because of the other person. It was because of our own, our own issues, our own issues, our own baggage, immaturity. And it takes a conscious effort to a encourage to address it, to call it out and to work on it. Mm -hmm. If you're in a relationship, dating relationship, and you're constantly expecting the other person to change to make your relationship happy, you're focusing on the wrong person. You really should focus on yourself first. Now, after you focused on yourself, then you can look at, is the other person the right person? And make decisions from there. But I'll tell you, if both of you are working on yourself, then your relationship will actually become stronger. And and even if it doesn't, you'll be able to have a clean break and be able to find the person that you are the most compatible with. Because you can learn from relationships. And if you figure out, wait, this isn't what I want, then that's what you have to kind of consider. Um, because I did, that was something that I did do with my past relationships. I did learn from them and figure out what I really wanted and who I wanted to be as a wife as well. And last but not least, don't settle. You see, once once I was able to grow as a person and Lisa grew as a person, you know, I didn't settle for this woman. This w- this was the best for me. This was better than I could ever imagine. I didn't settle. That thought never. Th- came into my mind. I only use that word now because some of you might be in relationships where you might be settling. 
you know, we have a we have a saying that love is not just of the heart, but it's also of the mind. Sometimes the heart could be so into someone that the mind settles for them when they're actually not a good fit. And sometimes on paper, this person looks like the right person, but there's no passion, there's no love, there's no, you know, whatever to get you going. And I'm going to tell you right now that when you have both the heart and mind in sync, you can really make a relationship work, even when it takes work. And I'll tell you right now, it will be the type of work you'll want to do. So hopefully you had a good laugh. Hopefully you had some encouragement. Maybe you got some perspective. But uh, join us next time when we actually talk about some of the joys and the challenges in our uh, engagement to our wedding day. A um, lot of fun stories in that. A lot of dynamics, especially when it comes down to family dynamics. And uh, we'll be uh, catch our next podcast on our our love story um, engagement. So all right, that's all for today. And let us remember, love is not just of the heart, but also of the mind. If you enjoyed this podcast and realize that you and your future spouse could benefit from some premarital coaching, check us out on facebook.com forward slash HM premarital or search heart and mind premarital. There you will find a list of services and costs that might suit your needs. The first 30 minute session is free to ensure that we are a good fit. And if we are, we will continue from there. Give your marriage a fighting chance of survival and receive some premarital coaching today. Check us out on facebook.com forward slash H&M premarital.